0: Is everyone ready for new rules poker? I hope so, because we still don't know exactly what they are.
1: Yeah, read them and weep. Three of a kind. Oh, oh, crap! Uh, these three cards bombard everybody with uncooked Brussels sprouts. I'm sorry.
2: I've got a jack-high straight. <laughs> Wait, what? It made spice and ice appear on the table. How about that?
3: I've got a heart flush, and it caused a spell that healed my flu. I'll take it.
4: I guess we'll find out what a pair of kings does the hard way. Oh, gave me a suit's that vanished twenty seconds later. Good figure.
5: Well, I've got a royal flush. It makes us all get a weapon from Queen Elizabeth's personal collection. They're made of gold, so we can't lift them, huh?
1: I really don't want to do it, but maybe this full house won't do what I think it could. <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I regretfully inform you that New Rules Poker will have to resume at another time, since all the players have been assaulted with a level of sitcom schlock impossible to withstand.
4: My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Three, two, one...
6: time traveling podcast where we discuss
1: computer and console rpgs from the 1980s right up through yesteryear brought to you by the staff of rpgamer.com we tackle the good the bad and the ugly games from nearly 30 years of rpg history so sit down and hold on tight your next adventure is about to begin here are the hosts of rpg backtrack phil willis and mike Meeky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack number 87. Is this your card? We're going to be talking about a pair of RPGs that were stranded on the GameCube forevermore. Yes, we're going to be talking about the Byte Kaido series, a very short series, but a series that deserves some respect nonetheless. And to help make sure that uh, that my voice of dissension is quickly countered, overwhelmingly so, we have five people to help us out tonight. Unfortunately, my co-host, Mr. Mike Meekie, could not be here. Of course, my name is Phil Willis. And uh, let's see, first up, we have Miss Anna Marie Neufeld. I like
2: children's card games.
1: <laughs> oh, hopefully you like your RPG card games as well. And following up in alphabetical order, we have Miss Cassandra Ramos. Hello, everybody. Well, wait a minute, this is in alphabetical order. Alex Fuller! Greetings. <laughs> Mr. Michael Apps.
3: What is this voice interrupting my Fire
1: Emblem? <laughs> oh, Fire Emblem's so good. And to help... we'll talk about that on the final app. And to help seal in the freshness, Mr. Trent!
0: I believe in the heart of the
1: cards. Yes, I know. I believe I've oh, watched way too much Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day. I believe in the heart of the cards. I believe in the We should have thrown in a Yu-Gi-Oh! game or two on here. I've got the PSP uh, version. Uh, 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 we I, don't
2: stay on topic. I've never got a friendship uh, speech. I, I,
1: I, got, <laughs> I, I got I got I am breaking out my I'll break out my, my Yu-Gi-Oh! PSP game. Alright. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get this show on the road because it is late tonight. Uh, we'll be right back after these commercial messages. to talk about what is it Batenkaitos kaido's I call it
5: kaidos I don't know if that's how it's pronounced though yeah
4: that's how I, I pronounce it as well so
1: I know B-A-T-E-N uh, it's supposed to be
5: Arabic but I don't know that again yeah. I don't actually know how it's supposed to be pronounced
1: <laughs> yeah record your mp3 recording of how you think it should sound and send it to <laughs> uh, anyways
2: I mean it's an Arabic name that's been used in a Japanese game I think just about any pronunciation that sort of vaguely hits it will be good
1: slaughtered the way you want uh, Ben Kaido's Eternal Wings in the Lost Ocean at least I could pronounce the rest of it. Uh, <laughs> it it was developed by Tri Kushindo Monolith South published by Namco released here in North America on November 16th 2004 for your Nintendo GameCube system and your older uh wii's out there won't work on the brand new wii's unfortunately this is a single player rpg video game experience that's so awesome it takes not one but two gamecube optical disc bam there it is so i've set the stage who wants to kick this off by before we get into all the really cool mechanics and heart of the cards and all that we need to first set the stage properly by talking about the story the, the story and the characters who wants to do that not everybody at once though. Do not talk <laughs> over each other. That's rude. Cricket. Cricket.
5: Michael wants to talk. Can I take over?
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, cause, I feel
5: like I'm going to talk a lot about the next game, but nobody else wants to do it with the first one.
1: Yeah, we need to talk about the story. I mean, I, I've, I've been playing, as most of you know, I've been playing, uh, i put about a dozen or so hours into it so far, in the, but I'd rather somebody speak about the story who actually played through the entire thing and can uh, talk about it in that context, because here at RPG Backtrack, we believe wholeheartedly in spoilers. I mean, the game's only like, what, like almost 10 years old. Spoil away.
0: That's about right, yeah.
5: Yeah, almost there. Well, okay. Spot and Kite, a thousand years before this game began, there was a war between humans and the wicked god Malpertio. After a long battle, they managed to seal him away into five pieces, five cards, of course, and they buried him into the islands that would float up into the sky because most of the earth was polluted by in the war. So in the modern in modern times in this game there are five large continents floating in the sky. Everybody gets a bye bye, flying in ships. They have what they call wings of the heart, which are somehow spiritual wings that they all developed by living in the sky now. But they can't really fly with them too often or for very long periods of time.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: So then we first meet Cal. Ka- we first meet Callus, Although a uh, fun little twist here, you are you you the player don't actually control him directly you are in fact what's called a guardian spirit a being from another dimension that has come to the bon Kaitos world searching for something you're not sure but you sometimes bond with the people of bon Kaitos world and you give them power you give them advice so you're kallus guardian spirit, essentially you tell him where to go and you answer you're the one answering questions for him
0: which, which can be oddly hilarious sometimes, because yes, you, can, you can be a dick, really. <laughs> you can be an absolute rude asshole of a guardian spirit, and nothing will change.
2: <laughs> well, the, well, the dilemma of being a dick is that um, you're not able to do as well in combat. Yes. So I, well, you, yes, you, are motivated you, you get awesome to cards be...
0: slightly less often. The holographic right. cards are rarer.
2: <laughs> right. You, yeah, so you bad are bad. slightly motivated to be at least polite.
5: So, you've got to agree with Callus, basically, and Callus is a bit of a jerk. So, you could say something that might be actually kind of nice, but if it doesn't really jive with what Callus wants, you may not get that bonus anyway.
4: Yeah, I've forgotten how much of a jerk Callus was in the opening of the, in the first few yeah, hours when I replayed it. Oh my
3: god, he's such a jerk.
0: <laughs> he just doesn't like people. Very sure, bitter. His people don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. He's he's like to, to to use an analog. He's essentially like the one black guy surrounded by a bunch of white people. Like, I mean, he he's the only person in this realm that has one wing as opposed to two. Yes. Yeah.
5: And because of so, that, people think he's got a malformed heart. He's
0: yeah. People think that he's cursed.
5: Okay, so yeah, Callus. He's uh he starts off in the village of Rye, He gets not. He supposedly gets knocked out by an animal called a rock cat. Uh, We don't find out what happens till later. And while in that village, he meets a girl named Shella. And later on, he goes into the forest investigating some recent goings-on, and he sees Shella being attacked by a dragon. He fights off the dragon with her, and then she kind of she asks to sort of join up with him because the rest of the forest is kind of dangerous. And eventually they go through and they meet a mon- like this large serpentine monster. And after defeating it, it drops a, one of the, the, uh, the special, very strange card. It's one of the End Magnus, and it supposedly contains a piece of the ancient god Malpersio. Unfortunately, shortly after that, the Empire comes in. Because, you know, gotta have an evil empire. And manages okay. to take the card away from them. I have, or this particular guy who stole it from them, uh, Giacomo... Is a guy that Callus is trying to hunt down because he killed his family some years back. So he goes and tries to find this guy because, hey, he actually found the right island for once. Uh, Let's see. Shouldn't go into the That sort
2: of becomes a recurring theme of the game, too. The Empire is always
5: just going to be there at the right time, (laughs) just one step ahead of him. (laughs)
4: traditional RPG formula.
5: (laughs) Yeah, the first half of this game is pretty darn traditional. (laughs) Gets a a little bit more interesting later. Yeah, I
2: mean, that's the first Magnus, and then they go to um, the fishing village where they pick up a couple more party members, and Mm -hmm. then on that same island, um, they again go and pick up another piece of the end Magnus, and it gets stolen again.
5: Yeah, they only manage to keep one Magnus, and even that somehow gets mysteriously stolen later on. So, yeah, they go to each of the most of the other islands. They try to get the end Magnus. The Empire usually gets it first. Uh, Eventually, they come to the Empire itself, which is the Empire of Alphard, where they try to get the end Magnus in the lava caves. And of course, the Empire pretty much has their hands on that. When the Emperor Geldoblay manages to get his hands on all of them, he gets turned into a monster. They attack him, but then finally the true mastermind behind the whole thing, uh, the whole, the whole thing, um, situation is revealed. It turns out to be... It's careless. It's... Uh, well, I was with this... Yeah, you kind of jumped ahead. I was going to mention Melodia. <laughs> oh,
2: sorry.
0: Oh, yeah. That blew my mind, too. I mean, you that- could tell that she was kind of weird...
5: Oh, but, I actually want kind to of guess she was sinister because uh, do you remember how there like every time one of the end Magnus was gone, there was this odd scene of like a pool with these rocks falling into it. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah. really yeah. creepy girl's voice. That was I knew that was Melody's so I was like, okay, there's definitely something weird with this girl. Yeah, which I had no surprise when she turned out to be the one who wanted to get the end Magnus and controlled. She sort of influenced Gelda Blaine to try to get him, and I guess gave her t- gave him tips about where the end Magnus were. Yeah, and the voiceover yeah,
4: sorry, huh? the voiceover thing was something I didn't actually notice the first time I played it, but sort of replaying it it's sort of something that says, Oh yeah. Sort of instant yeah. recognition there.
5: I pretty much recognized it right right after meeting Melodia in the game at uh where does she live in? Ratz Balincor on the island of Mira, which is the weirdest yeah. island in the entire game. <laughs>
0: They're all kind of weird.
5: <laughs> well, that, well, actually, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I really like this game because of how unique the locales are. But like, yeah. at, Mira is the weirdest of all of them because it supposedly spends half its time in another dimension anyway. But
2: There's, there's another big plot twist in there. Well, big. I'm going to air quote that. Because um, you slowly start to learn about the party members as you're going along. And you don't realize that one of your party members is actually a girl until basically this point in the game.
5: It was a little later than that's a little past that actually when you find out that uh, oh, okay my <laughs> bad it was a girl and I kind of guess oh, I, it for, was
0: I a forgot girl. about that
5: completely
0: oh my god <laughs> we're we're talking about Mazuti, right
5: yes yeah, so we're talking about Mazuti. yeah. <laughs> I guessed it anyway because she she could equip uh women's defensive items. So I, I
0: I did not guess it. I just thought it was like a really weird old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I had no safe. clue. No clue.
2: I figured it was sort of a keen situation where it was like, eh, we don't know and we're not going to check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: But, okay, getting ahead of ourselves. Back at the lava caves, it turns out Callus was working for Melodia the whole time. Pretty mind-blowing, since it's not usually the main character who's the traitor in the party. Of course, since you're the guardian spirit, it kind of works that way. So that's a pretty cool... That's a that, that, I thought, was a pretty neat twist. And it's usually from there where the game goes from being terribly typical to a bit more interesting. <laughs> a lot more interesting, in my opinion, but... So yeah, you. So yeah, the Guardian Spirit is separated from Callus, and then the other party members are, uh, tr- are imprisoned in various parts of. Where were they kept? I know Shella was at some prison somewhere on in the Empire, and all the other characters. Um, whatever. Core.
2: Mm-hmm. I think one of them was Core Hydra.
5: I uh, no, Core Hydra came later, I believe. Okay.
2: That's big fortress, right? Everybody yeah. gets freed. Or, you know, pulled out of prison. And then they all get back together and they go to Korodra, where things just get weird.
5: Well, they, for the, before that, they go to Wasm, the uh, I, the the hidden, or not so much hidden, but it's a, like a legendary land of ice that everybody thought was somehow long gone or was, well, just legend.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: And it's also there that we find out yet another twist, though perhaps uh, some not terribly surprising. Shella, the... First party member is queen of that island. Queen, and she, yay. <laughs> the powerful witch. So they so in the time that find out they try to find out a way to stop Melodia and Callus from resurrecting Malpercio and to get Callus back on their side. Cause after so that after he shows that he's been working behind working with Melodia the whole time, he sort of gets possessed, I suppose, or just like the dark power of Malpercio overcomes him and he turns all crazy. That scene, by the way, is just really overdone.
2: <laughs> well, We're and like, him eh. coming back is even worse because it's like the power of love. And he's like, yeah, I'm cool with that.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is exactly how it happens.
2: <laughs> it is. It is just like, I really like you. Okay, I'm done being evil.
0: <laughs> it's, it, it's really like, you know what? I really dislike humanity, but I kind of love Shella. So I guess I'll just kind of do it. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Just sacrifice my own moral system. Keep <laughs> yeah, well, this
5: does, dramatic good isn't. <laughs> he does rip out those new wings he got, so that's something.
0: That was a weird scene, too. There's a lot of weird scenes, to be to be frank. It's either melodramatic or kind of off the wall, the entire game.
2: Yeah.
6: Yeah. I
0: thought yeah the wings I'm not sure how much it is. is-
2: as creepy as it was, it was actually kind of cool. The no, motivation what? was terribly suspect, but <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. I'm not sure how much of the magic is entirely down to the voice acting or not, but voice, the voice acting? Avoid yeah. the voice acting.
0: When all the voice actors sound like they're yelling at you through a tunnel, there's a problem.
6: <laughs> oh, that's not- yeah.
0: I, I, re- I, li- I literally remember opening up this game for the Christmas of 2005, or 2004, and, and putting it in, and taking it out, and then immediately checking the disc for scratches, and as soon as I heard the people talking, I assumed that I had an defective cop.
5: <laughs> Apparently the reason they do that is because the Guardian Spirit, you're hearing it through Callus's ears, you're not quite there. Fun concept, dumb idea in practice. Really? Yeah, that's
3: that's yeah. that's a neat idea that they probably shouldn't have done.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah no.
0: this was really annoying. One excuse. And I, I kept thinking, like, this is pars- the audio was designed by Tri Crescendo, correct? Yes.
5: Yeah.
0: yeah, like their whole their whole mandate is to create gameplay experiences based on refined sound. So artistically, I suppose I understand why they chose to take that approach, but I found it really gnawing and and kind of working against the experience overall.
5: I mean, even without the sound, the actors themselves weren't exactly the best. They've I think a bunch of them came were also in games like Castleva what Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, and a couple of the Bloody Roar games. Oh uh,
6: dear lord! What's that?
5: Uh, what's that? Um, Lunar Knights, there's a couple of them in Lunar Knights, there's a couple of them in uh Shenmune. So yeah, not exactly the best in the business.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh a couple Shit. of them in Arc Fantasia too. <laughs> oh that doesn't surprise me. I mean, some, <laughs> some some of them are okay. I mean I didn't mind Jella, but I think the and callus I've got <laughs> issues with. Actually, the only the only character that I really had problems
0: with, and it sucked because I liked the character otherwise was Liude.
5: Liude, really? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's it's just, just like
0: I, I like his design, I like his move set, and I like having him in my party. But every time you hear him talk, I just want to punch the guy in the face. It's just, <laughs> stop being so fucking whiny! <laughs> it's awful. Yeah.
5: Well the infamous voice like the most infamous character for voice acting among fans anyway is a minor NPC called Mae Thi. She's just got this terribly high pitched voice that just makes you cringe every time you hear it. Good thing she's only there for a relatively small portion of the game.
0: <laughs> Although uh, Mizuti as well can get kind of kind of grating I suppose.
5: Yeah, I can't understand half the things she says during battle, I swear. So, yeah, back on story. They get back, and they have to find a way. But, of course, Malpersio has been fully resurrected, and that's when Core Hydra appears, and all sorts of nasty demons start appearing all over the place. So that's when they have to sort of regroup and find a way to take him down. Of course, take some time out for some side quests. And as they storm Core Hydra and take down Malpersio, Melodia finds out the truth behind her. It turns out that the reason she's so... She really wants to resurrect Malpersio is that he sort of kind of possess- possessed her some time ago because uh, she died from a plague that also t- killed her parents. And then her uncle, distraught, resurrected her using the power of one of the End Magnus that they apparently used to keep in the palace. And because of that, it sort of tainted her and apparently turned her into an albino. I don't understand. Yeah.
0: Nothing bad will happen. I'll just use this <laughs> extremely ancient power to resurrect my dead niece. Yeah, I'm
5: going
2: to use the ultimate power of evil to resurrect somebody. This sounds like a good plan.
5: Uh-huh. The guy deserves so, yeah, no- <laughs> then realizing that she's been essentially sort of influenced by evil this whole time, she kind of goes a little crazy and murders herself with Malpersio. And then you kind of the chafed after and beat him one last time, managed to save Melodia, steal away Malpercio for good, and all seems well. The islands no. also return back to the earth. And so the whales. Is, but not yet like, that, Huh?
2: Isn't Sorry. there some psychedelic scene where we dive into Malpercio and take a bunch of stuff out of him?
5: Well, you just uh, take out you take out Melodia herself to to sort of Get back here, even though you're kind of the reason this whole business started in the first place. But I guess it wasn't entirely okay. her fault. <laughs> but yeah, the island's returned back. There's a big party, but of doesn't seem all that enthusiastic. Callus wonders what's going on, and he finds out the truth behind being the Ice Queen. She carries the seal to the ocean within her, and in order to release it, because the, world, the, world, the, uh, the land is whole again, but there's no ocean. Because that was sealed way to stop it from being poisoned by the uh, gods a long time ago. So, and by re- releasing the ocean, Shella may very well die, but she managed to convince Callus to go through with it anyway, because better for the world or, and all that. For some reason, they fight Geldo Blame that just popped out of nowhere. I don't yeah, understand that was weird. That at <laughs> all. <laughs> And after the battle...
0: to, to be fair, he does that throughout the game. He's just kind <laughs> <guess>. of there.
4: Surprise, <laughs> yeah, though.
6: If, yeah.
4: <laughs> the yeah. Brian... if all the fandom bosses that could turn up, people would be made the most sense. Yeah. Although yeah. still not much. Yeah, but...
5: But yeah, once that's done, Shella seems to die. Her body dissipates into light and Callus is all distraught and crying. Yeah, it's-
0: she di- dies in sure. his arms just like in Shadow Hearts.
5: <laughs> and it's actually a pretty touching scene. At least I thought so. Really pretty sweet. And then at near the end of the game, Calus is about to say goodbye to the guardian spirit. But lo and behold, Shella pops out of her old pendant somehow. The whale apparently brought her back.
6: Is
5: the whale? <laughs> the great whale god. All of the gray
0: thorns in yes. the world come together to form a giant whale.
5: Yeah, that's where it was all this time. Why not? Because that's where it was hiding, or something. It's a giant whale god. It could do what it wants. Apparently.
2: Did we mention that the islands fell back to the earth?
5: Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Okay, it went back to the earth. Uh. <laughs> So yeah, Shell is all right. Callus doesn't have to, you know, be depressed for the rest of his life or throw stuff off a cliff or whatever. Poor guy. And uh, this guardian spirit says goodbye, and presumably you turn off the GameCube from there.
4: Yep.
2: Mind officially blown.
5: Yeah. Okay so do
2: we get to talk about the awful card game now
1: yay now it's <laughs> yes. time to move on to the heart of the cards do you <laughs> believe in the heart of the cards boys and girls I there's no way you can really
5: play this as a card game, game. though
1: <laughs> well i mean you do got the, the deck building you know aspect and that's originally what drew me to the game because yes those cards aren't you're not exactly playing a card game, but the way you build your deck as far as, you know, what cards you put in there, what elements you put in there, oh, what yeah. kind of attacks and healing items, and the mixture, the ratio of healing armor and, you know, heal, uh, attack items and stuff, that's kind of important. There's some strategy, like your, like a deck building, like Magic the Gathering, you do the same thing. You have to contemplate the mix of the cards that you're going to use and what kind of strategy you're going to use. And then when you multiply that by, you know, the number of team members, that initially kind of excited me. I was like, ooh, the Magic Gathering side of me went all happy.
2: Now, the thing that and I, I actually think liked is really myself. cool. Yeah, I mean, I actually liked building decks, and the thing that I found was really neat um, was that the cards change over time. So, for example, yeah. food goes rotten, and wine turns to vinegar, and so the properties of some cards just change as things go along. Which is really great because um, I have
1: a banana in my deck that every time <laughs> it comes up, it heals 80 hit points. And then suddenly, during one battle, when my party's like half dying and I'm dying for that darn banana to come up, it's a it rotten banana, rotten. Yeah. which is an, <laughs> attack it item. an attack
6: item. What the heck?
1: Yeah. <laughs> It is cute. It is cute.
5: (laughs) It can get irritating, though, when you make, like, a really powerful healing item. Like, I I like to make these sea bream lunches made from fish and rice. But after a couple of hours, they turn into rotten food. Yeah. Yeah. I remember early on in the
0: game when there's not enough access to decent attack items. You have all those friggin' bamboo-like spears. You know what I'm talking about?
5: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. The, uh, yes. Oh, yes. And, and the, bam- just
0: bam- the bamboo, bamboo is, like, <laughs> wicked effective. You can use it as well as any sword. And then one day, it just ages.
6: And, and you're like, oh, no.
0: <laughs> my party is significantly worse at killing things now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's definitely a double-edged sword to that system.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, the problem is, is on top of that, um, you have competing elements. So, for example... Um, Shella has a whole bunch of magic spells and she has them all, from all four elements, right?
5: Yes. She's at yep. least Fire and Ice. She's, she specializes in in light, but yeah, she has access to every I element. Think,
0: I think Mizuti okay. does as well, doesn't, doesn't yeah, she?
5: Yeah, specializes. Anyone who uses
0: actual magic has more right. than one or two elements, yeah. Okay. Well, I think yeah. so they dilemma... can use any element.
5: Yeah, yeah, they can use any yeah. element. Yeah. Meanwhile, so. some, like, uh, some characters like Savina can only use fire and ice and neutral.
0: I love Savina. Water, <laughs> water and fire.
5: And uh, so. Gibari only... Ha- no, actually, no. Gibari mostly has wind and uh,
0: water, water we'll
5: but have... he has access to others. Oh, it's is it a fire has a it only has light and dark. Only. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, only. And neutral. So
2: the dilemma that you end up running into is when you have these characters that have just fire and water, or you have just light and dark, you can't actually cast those spells at the same time to layer them. If you cast a light spell and a dark spell or a fire spell and a water spell on the same turn, it'll actually subtract the damage of the smaller ones from the larger ones. Yeah. And that you have to learn that the hard way. That is never explained to you in the game.
3: Yep. It well, is explained this, to you.
2: Is it? I never having, remember being explained to Having
3: just recently played the beginning portion, it is explained okay. to you
2: okay okay because yeah i, I, I missed that, that ever being explained to me and i ended up having like two like eight spells uh one higher and one ice. So i
5: was like yeah put the together
2: and it's a pair and then yeah. i got totally
5: screwed they cancel so, each and that's other the
2: other thing we haven't mentioned is all of the cards have numbers on them yeah and if you're able to put together very simple poker hands like, like a, a pair and a straight and a uh, flush, they actually get additional bonuses to
5: whatever you. Oh,
0: play. those moments were beautiful, weren't they? I love that bit. Yes, <laughs> yeah.
5: those are awesome. And you know what? The best part is when you're near the end of the game and you can use up to nine cards. Is when you get the was I think it's the sunrise, which is one to nine, or the sunset, yeah. nine to one. Huge amounts of damage there. Oh yeah. I, I took down uh, Mal, the last form of Mal using Liud and a I think it was a one through nine. Uh, his, uh, final, his, his final his um, final. What are they called? Those special attacks, those
4: yeah, the finisher things. I think right? yeah, those
5: yeah, finishing moves are what they're called. Just took like took down like probably more than half his HP right there. Really awesome. Nice. <laughs> Although, what's uh, here's a, something kind of fun. You can accidentally heal your enemies if you don't watch your tar- your target. Because while can you? Cause you can, yeah, you can do that. You can unintentionally <laughs> yeah. do that because if you pick one of your healing cards, you can. I think your first target is actually the enemies instead of one of your teammates. <laughs> So you can actually end up healing, um, unintentionally healing a monster, and this leads to a fun story where, I uh, one one playthrough, I unintentionally healed Geldo pop out of the ground for no good reason. Blame yeah. at the very end of the game, with a healing, I actually I didn't do it accidentally. I did it because I wanted to. Um, I was finishing some combo, yeah, and it, it had one of those. It, yeah, it had one of those spirit attacks that Kalos gets when he has a good relation with the uh, guardian spirit.
0: Yeah, those can be and, pretty, pretty and timely.
5: Because, yeah, because I wanted to use it, I just put a healing item thinking I'll probably do more damage than it heals. And no, I didn't. I ended up healing him for like over 5,000 damage or something. <laughs> but because I use because it's, the boss is scripted that you have to beat with a spirit attack, he died anyway.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the one you can't actually oh, lose him. that battle, can you? <laughs> uh,
5: no, as soon as you use a spirit attack, he's dead. Although he does have a, some amount of HP where if you take it all out, he dies anyway. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah.
5: But it's just funny. It's just like, 5,000 HP healed, he just, bo- you know, he boils away into the ground.
4: <laughs> that yeah, is one I, thing I, that sometimes... I really
0: like to... Oh, sorry, sorry, Alex.
4: Yeah. I, I, sometimes it's actually helpful to heal if you sort of give him a minor heal, because then you can get the combo to keep going, but... Yeah. Not, not if you've got a ridiculous healing item like that.
5: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's the thing. You have to make sure that you're actually dealing more damage than the, the item's healing, or else you're just going to Increase the amount of healing by yeah. <laughs> exponentially. But yeah, that's uh, the battle system itself is kind of it's kind of slow. Every battle seems to take at least forty five seconds, if not up to a minute. It does get yeah. faster as you because your characters go up in what are called classes, and if by each class they can add more cards. Plus, after like the fourth class, I think they have no like you only have a few sec seconds, and it gets shorter to pick each card. So you're just frantically looking at the bottom of the screen, picking the ones in the right numbers or the right, you know, or the the right elements and such, and it can get pretty frantic.
4: Yeah, I'm mean, playing through it. I think the main thing that slows it down is actually the enemy turns, especially yeah. if you've got a group of them, because they usually take ages before you can do something. Again.
5: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's also no way to discard a card if you have any bad ones. Like say you've got a bunch of healing items and defensive items, and you're trying to attack. Well, too bad. <laughs>
4: Yeah, you can only get rid of like one of them at a time, then.
5: <laughs> yeah, you could just get rid of one, you waste a move, and then your ne- you know the next character or an enemy goes. So that's yeah. another sort of minus. Other than that, I I love this battle system. It's really I like building decks for each individual characters. I like dealing huge amounts of damage. <laughs> I like. It had a nice level of challenge. Yes. And it's just it, I thought it was so fun, even though it's I, like... It's I, I
0: personally, my favorite element of it, I, I mean, I do enjoy find, trying to find the right balance in the, the composition of your deck, but probably my favorite thing in, in the system itself, in the battle engine, is trying to be frugal, I guess. like, Like, how many cards do I feel like wasting right now, even if I don't need to use them, just at the off chance that I can get a better combo moving forward? And sometimes you would you would look at your deck and you'd be like, I don't even want to use a card this round. I will let this guy attack me so that I can use this card that I could have used in my attack turn. You know what I mean? So you <laughs> have to really... there There's this, a level of strategy to the system.
4: Yeah, it's mostly because I think a lot of the attacking ones, especially like Chaos's swords, can be used both for defense and off, offense. And for,
5: so can Gibari's ores. Yeah, he attacks with vote ores for whatever reason. <laughs>
4: Yeah. This is a he a fisherman
5: a knight but he's well you we actually don't find out why he stopped being a knight till the next game but anyway he is oh. but because um, he's a fisherman now
2: what did you guys think of the menus because I remember finding them very irritating because it felt like um you had to use too many controls to get around
4: it yeah, felt overly think,
5: complicated
4: yeah they're all sort of stacked menus aren't they
5: yeah. yeah. I, I never had a right. like, no problem with them, but I suppose I could see why they'd irritate some people.
2: Um, my, and here's the thing that is funny because I'm not a big music person. When I have to write a review, um, the thing that always, I always have to leave the music section for last because I just don't know what to write about it. And the Baden katos music blew me away the whole time I was playing. And there are things about the story that I don't remember, but I can tell you all about the music.
5: I mean, oh, yes. This is, uh, it was composed by Motoi Sakuraba, and unlike, say, his Tales soundtracks, this is just, you know, it's like, it's it's unique and it's phenomenally good.
3: It's a yeah, lot it's better def- than the typical Tales soundtrack, for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, it, also, it fits the game well, too.
1: Yeah, the sound was good.
3: Yeah, it's definitely sort of
4: different to his. Usual stuff, which yeah, often sounds very similar. I mean, Infant Discovery sounds exactly like a Tales game.
5: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's, and a and co- there's a couple of individual songs from his other games that sorta take a few hints from Bot and Kaitos, but otherwise it's really very good. Uh, there's uh, I'm definitely have to get to send in, send over a couple of tracks to Phil from what I think are good songs from both games because it's really good.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that was sort of I think what made the terrible voice acting so criminal. Because yeah. you had this beautiful soundtrack and then you had this tinny, crap VA. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> it was
2: just like, What is going on here? <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Especially if you add in of the visuals as well into that. So Yeah.
2: See I kind yeah, of liked the-, the way that the game looked. I know it was kind of mm but
5: I thought the uh, you know the backgrounds were quite beautiful. I didn't quite like how the characters themselves look. Like the models kind of looked robotic to me, but but you know the backgrounds themselves and the enemy designs really really pretty cool. Really very nice. See,
0: I, I'm actually a huge fan of the art style. This is one of the very few games that actually used a pre-rendered background with uh 3D moving avatars which I think is really cool. And and I found the the backgrounds while they moved were kind of reminiscent of Chrono Cross. They always reminded me of Chrono Cross.
5: Well, a, a lot of the same develop a lot of similar developers, Monolith Soft and all that.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't initially realize that Monolith Soft did the, did this game until recently, but looking at the backgrounds and seeing it, remembering how awesome Xenoblade looked, it doesn't surprise me now. Yeah. See, locations are great.
0: I feel like if the characters aren't moving, they look good. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) As soon as you put them in motion, you're like, "Wow, Callus looks kind of stupid every time he attacks something, doesn't he?"
5: Which is a bit of a shame because the character art itself is actually really good. It's it's kind of hard to describe. They're definitely not you know typical anime or Japanese style. They're just I you know they're they're just they're really I don't know how to describe it.
3: It's just so it's unique, different.
5: and it's really good. It's but different, but it's
3: which, is, which is which nice, because, yes. you know, we've, we've had way too many anime-style games, so it's nice to, it was, you know, going back and playing this, it, it was actually kind of refreshing.
5: I mean, it's kind yeah, of a shame I, the models themselves didn't look quite as good as the artwork, but... Yeah, still, but,
3: I, you know, it, it really doesn't look that bad. You know, I've oh, no. I've been playing playing this recently on a HDTV. You know, it supports progressive scan. It You know, it's... It's pretty good looking. You know?
2: the, the funny thing is, is when this game first came out, um, there was about eight of us on staff that were all playing it. And the game ended up being hugely divisive because it was like Michael and Red Bryant loathed it. And it was like me and I can't remember. It was a couple of the people that we adored it. And it was kind of one of those funny things because I actually wasn't even assigned to review this game. And I ended up being the first reviewer just because I got through it first. Interesting. It's a and pretty I find nice... talking yeah. with people, yeah, and exactly, I find that talking with people, it's like people either really like the game and stick it out to the end, or they, they're they really ambivalent or lukewarm to it and don't get to the second disc, which is truly criminal, because if you can get through you know, the first, I would say, six hours of the game, it gets so much better, so much faster.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sort of really speeds up off that point, so it's actually going somewhere.
6: Yeah.
0: I remember even when I first played it that that Christmas when I oh god I would have been fifteen at the time. Uh, I, I just remember being I I had anticipated it for so long because you see all the like the the press releases and and, and the really the advertisements marketed. oh yeah. Yeah, it looks. It kind of rode on, yeah. Pretty. It,
5: it kind of wrote on Tales of Symphonia's like coattails, I'd say, because it's just like, hey, so people played the first like Symphonia, and it's like, hey, another RPG from Namco on the GameCube. Let's check this out. And so it got a lot of yeah. attention that way.
0: Yeah, so it, it had a lot of attention, and I was really, I anticipated it a lot. And as much as I really got into some elements of it, I was really kind of conflicted on a lot of levels, <laughs> I, I, like since. Since I've really come to appreciate the game for what it is, but um that first playthrough was a little rocky for me
5: <laughs> I've kind of had an oddly opposite I was really i i had no i like i didn't know what to make of this game. I wanted to play it because I was getting into RPGs big at the time. But I also played Lost Kingdoms some years earlier than that and oh, yeah, I didn't that enjoy that. Ooh, I'm and sorry it, was, for you. Since they both had game? Yeah, since we well, both had card battle systems, I'm just like, is this similar? I don't know. And then I heard about like, you know, the poor voice acting and I just wasn't sure. Finally, I think the Wii was around the cor- like the Wii was around the corner. And I just and I found actually what what spurred me on to get it was finding a uh Player's guide of the game for ridiculously cheap, and I picked it up. And then I was just like, "Well, great! Now I have got the game." Now, and thankfully, I actually ended up loving it a lot more than I thought I would. Especially since, like, the one thing that I thought would like really turn me off the game—the battle system—ended up being my most favorite thing about the game.
4: Funny yeah. yeah, how that works. works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Bath and Kitus is sort of one that came directly after Symphonia for me, and it's sort of one of the ones that. Got me into RPGs properly because I'm sort of a relative newbie to it. But I think it ended up being something like the fifth RPG I'd ever played. Mm. But it sort of, it's mm. combined with sort of the two games that properly got me into RPGs.
0: It's a good thing you had a GameCube, I guess.
4: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I was always sort of Nintendo, so I basically sort of got every system since the NES. But yes. I pretty much never played RPGs on them because most of my games are sort of sports games. And
2: uh I'm the opposite having not liked any of the Tales games that I played when people started saying hey this is by Kaidos, it's the same people that make the Tales games I was like sort of turn off <laughs> yeah I
5: mean, one, well sort I mean they're both published by Namco Bandai but you know right but totally I mean don't forget like,
2: this is like you know 10 years ago where I I was writing for RPG Gamer but I didn't understand as well the relationship between Japan publisher developer so yeah. you
6: know
0: it's an easy mistake to make, I suppose. It's just oh, I, uh,
2: I, you have no idea. <laughs> now that I now that I work as a as a social media manager, I see people come to like a Facebook page of a client. They're like, "Oh, you guys don't make another one of X Game," and it's like, "Cause we don't make that series; we just publish it." <laughs> <laughs> but I can't tell them that because they don't get it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I I think my original mind frame when this game was coming out was like I I, I loved role playing games, but I was used to like really traditional role playing games like like Final Fantasy Six and Secret of Mana and that sort of thing. And when I had my GameCube, I felt like I had made a mistake because there's a lot of role playing games that was coming out for the, the PS2. And I had like the the dunce. I, I had the the crummy system that had no RPGs on it at the time. Hmm. So I was so excited for this game to come out, regardless of who was putting it out, because I thought it would be a traditional RPG. And the battle system was actually kind of daunting to me when I first loaded it up, just because I wasn't used to card-based systems at all. Yeah, I'm trying. To-
2: I played a card-based battle system before this game, and I'm not sure I had.
5: Yeah, this was my first that like my first card. I, well, okay, my first that I actually played through all the way instead of just getting annoyed with it and giving it up like Lost Kingdoms. <laughs> After this, I played Igtre Union and Fantasy Star Online Episode oh. Three. Yeah, oh, was,
0: card battle. Mm. Yeah,
5: which was a uh, I actually ended up enjoying a bit more than I thought I would. So it's a good anyway, game. Kind of broke there the were ice a lot
3: there. of. Well, now they realize that there are a lot of card battle system RPGs on the GameCube. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's well, kind of I mean,
6: odd. Yeah, but most of
3: them sucked. <laughs> most of them did suck. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, thankfully, the, this one did not. I mean, I, well, I've seen a lot of people complaining about the speed of this battle system, but really, uh, I don't have a lot of complaints about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, but, if your worst complaint is the battle system starts really slow. You
5: know
4: yeah, it's gonna get better. Yeah, okay. yeah it, it does speed up as you go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: so much so that he just can't. T- I can't keep my eyes off the bottom of the screen. I just got to keep getting those combos.
4: Yep.
3: <laughs> yeah, just yeah, the, I did, the, I did the... lose
4: track of my character's HP just from keeping too much concentration on getting combos. Just yeah, that's
3: that's the one thing I noticed about the battle system is uh, you know when you're at that point you you can't really see the character's hp so you can kind of lose track easily mm-hmm.
5: yeah. yeah you can only check it if you're actually healing the character so you've got to check it every so often or else it's just like hey why don't you die
0: <laughs> yeah, you,
4: you only get a look at the sort of beginning of your turn don't you <laughs> yes.
0: thank god for result screens though Eh? i remember well, yeah. when i first started playing the game i was like why is there a result screen after every single turn and then later on in the game, I was like, I can't wait till I see this results screen.
5: <laughs> well, you also need it if you need to, like, you know, use the bathroom or answer a phone call or something, because you can't pause those battles.
0: <laughs>
3: it was useful
2: as a pause button, yeah. <laughs> Anything else you think we need to cover about the game? Or should well, we just a minor quirk
5: I noticed about, the, like, the uh, Magnus cards. Uh, we, like, we, I, uh, oh, actually, we kind of forgot how you can also use the cards during to do quests and for overworlds. If I solve puzzles yes, and such. yes, yes. Yeah, they were right, called. Uh, they were conveniently you, you, you called had quest had
0: magnus. Empty yeah. yeah.
5: You got a bunch of empty cards, they were called quest magnus, and you could go on the overworld and extract the magna essence. I guess I should explain that first. Supposedly in this world, everything has magna essence, which is po- I guess like mana, I suppose. Yeah. And and yeah. people have discovered a way hundreds of years ago to Ex- extract the Magna Essence and put it on a card so you can essentially break it down into its, like, component and put it on this card and then take it somewhere for later. However, and that's how... You- oh, actually, no. Sorry. Back up. Back up here. So, thus, for doing quests, you can, like, take a rock from one place to another or you can get some type of food or you can take some sort of, uh, uh, you know, an item that somebody's looking for if they're lost, you can take the magnet Essence of it and give it to the person in the form of the card. But supposedly, according to the lore, you cannot put living things on a Magnus. It becomes distorted somehow, which raises a lot of questions because there are items like you can get a chick or you can get a du- an ugly duckling for cards. Yeah, yeah. huh? yeah, I'm quite serious. And, but over time, the chick becomes a rooster and the ugly duckling becomes a swan. So, Maybe it's and- a zombie
0: creepy. rooster and a zombie <laughs> swan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
5: like if they're supposedly twisted, how do the they I challenge your logic. <laughs> <laughs> and that also adds a bit to the story because Callus, as we find out is not entirely human he's an artificial being created directly from Magnus by his quote unquote grandfather who was a great it's Magnus really, it's engineer
0: it's really weird
5: <laughs> also his, his brother was also another you know pure Magnus creation but his was more perfected he lacked wings while Callus had just one wing apparently having no wings is better than having just one wing go figure <laughs> So it plays there, it's just like you can't put a living thing on Magnus, but you can create a living thing directly from Magnus and
2: Now yeah. I'm having a very unpleasant memory about soup. Soup? Yeah. Is soup hmm. one of the things you have to put on a Magnus and if you dick around for too long it gets cold? I think so. Okay.
5: <sighs> there was a downside to those kind of quests. No,
0: no, well, there, yeah. there there was time based things that, that occurred oh, to yeah. those quest magnus. Yeah.
5: Okay. Oh, speaking of time, here's a really Fun on one because it keeps track the game keeps track of all the magnus you have but to get all to get uh, all of them you literally have to leave your game on for the equipment like over 200 and some odd hours the equivalent of a week you had to either clock in that many or if you really wanted to i don't know break your GameCube or something just leave it on for days at a time to get all those hours in because then you on un- like then your uh, shampoo magnus becomes splendid hair magnus and not only do you get that in your deck, I don't think it does, in your, like, you know, in uh, what keeps track of your cards, I don't think it actually does anything in-game. But if you unlock that, you also unlock the last couple of songs in the uh, sound test. I,
0: yeah, I, w- I would never do that. Neither
5: no, would I. <laughs>
0: <laughs> would
3: never, ever do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mikey was actually telling me, because he just did a review of uh, Guard. And he was saying that in order to get every single ending and every, every single unlockable content within Guard, you had to get every single weapon. You know, I, he was explaining the difficulty to which of finding every, everything, and I just, I, I never want to be that guy. I never want to be that guy who tracks down every item and every weapon in a game. <laughs> If yeah, you ever lean that
2: way, don't worry. Someone on the staff will come to your house and beat you sadly. Like... <laughs> it's all part of the service here at RP Gamer. Yeah.
1: Cool. Anything else before we move on to the next one?
2: Uh, let me think here. Play it. It's worth the pain. Yes, is it, it is. worth
5: the pain? Because I'm feeling it's some sure pain right is. now. So
3: Keep with the it. Battle man. Keep, yeah, keep with the it, battle man. system
5: gets faster. The music is great. The uh that's well, the thing. So I, and I
1: apologize if boys and girls. I did have to leave the cast for a little bit. Ma called and I had to make sure she was OK. Um, so uh, so did you guys talk about uh, like the battle system? I think one of the things that kind of was a little irritating for me was the speed and it was kind of like – it just seems like when you're doing spells and you're doing these different things, it just seems to really drag. Does that speed up?
0: Yes.
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. After your – cl- yeah, what, what, what disc
1: are you on? Uh, like I'm like 12 hours in first That's your problem. Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah I mean by the time you I Just mean, stick with you start it the uh, game,
2: uh-huh. you you can play three cards at a time out of a hand of four and by the end of the game you can play nine cards at a time out of a hand of like what? Like twelve. Over, I think, more than yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I almost think it's nine eighteen, but don't quote me on that.
5: Something like that. But yeah, so it does get faster, it does get more complex. It's again i really love this battle system despite it's uh, a couple of its shortcomings so yeah it's really underappreciated
1: yeah okay fair enough uh we're gonna go ahead and scoot on over to the second one and then at the end uh we'll wrap up your final thoughts on uh you know both games as well as do a price check that i like to do on these uh on these older games uh, so, uh, let's talk about buying, uh, baiting, bootin' whatever, Kaido's Origins. Developed by tri Monolith South, published by Nintendo. This was released here in North America on September 25th, 2006. This is another single-player RPG experience for your GameCube system, and it also comes to you on two optical discs. Bam! And for, this, Bam. And
2: for this section, Alex gets to sit down in the corner and be very, very sad.
6: <laughs> mm.
1: This game
2: was not released in Europe um, I, actually, I actually got introduced to this game at E3 It was announced um, for localization at E3 2006 And uh, I actually did not play it outside of the um, E3 show floor So just, it, it was really exciting I remember being really excited about this Because I love the first Bane Katos. And then for some reason I went home And did, never thought about it again and apparently, yeah. so did a lot of people because the sales yeah. for this game in Japan were completely flaccid. They sold something like 14 or 15,000 units in the first week. It didn't even break into the top 10 for RPG sales that week. It did 15.
5: Yeah. It, the yeah, poor it game did. just got so badly looked over. It, it, I'm pretty sure it did similarly poorly here because this game had. Well, the major thing against this game was that the Wii was right around the corner. Everybody was looking towards that and not towards some obscure RPG on the GameCube. Another is that it unlike the first game, it didn't have it didn't have another game to sort of ride the coattails on. Again, the first Bon Kaito's had Tales of Symphonia. This Bon Kaito's origins sadly had nothing. Yeah. And I didn't play it because <laughs>
2: The other sort of dilemma that sort of swirled around this is um right after Bait and Kato's um the first one, like uh, Eternal Wings in the Lost Ocean came out, um, they actually announced Bait and Kato's D S. Yes.
0: Yes and yes. then and I was excited
2: they, for it. <laughs> it disappears off of the radar and at like TGS that year, they announced this. Yes. The yes. GameCube. And so Namco and Nintendo have never really definitively said whether this is Dayton Kato's DS or not, but that seems to be the running theory.
5: Yeah. Yeah, poor this so that game kind of got just disappeared. And again, it's just it's a bit of, it's a real shame that Origins got so overlooked because it is in a lot of ways a much better game than Eternal Wings in the Lost Ocean. Uh, it improves definitely in the story, in the characters, and the voice acting for sure. <laughs> a lot, much, sure. These are actually you know professional. When you're that
2: far down, you can only go up. <laughs>
5: yeah, <I> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you could go down, but that's beside the point. And the battle system, I would say it's roughly equal. I disagree. I actually, I'm actually not sure. I prefer more because I I like some of the tweaks to Origins, but there are some things in the original that I wish Origins had. But okay, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> so, start with the story, I guess. Who wants yeah, sure. to explain if, the convoluted
0: if, plot? Yeah, yeah. If,
5: if I could
0: say one thing first, I mean, I, I feel like this game did so so poor in terms of impact because it says Origins right on the front. I mean, the only people that are going to come to play this game are the ones who played and enjoyed the first game, because this is this is an origin story, right?
5: It. It's a prequel it takes place 20 place 20 what 20 years before the first game yeah now, do
2: you need to have played the first one to get the story of the second one
5: not no, at all it makes a lot but,
2: more sense <laughs>
5: no but no, just, it does there's certain like twit like plot twists or like turnings on the head of concepts from the first game that will completely fly past you if you you know play them this you know, play origins first and then eternal wings yeah. That's it. It's just it's rel- relatively minor, but it's just like you find out what's the deal with Malpercio. You find out what the, the true origin of the uh, Heart Wings. You find out uh, what else kind of got twi- like kind of got upset. Or- OK, maybe just. The- so, maybe the- yeah, those are two major ones. Can I-
2: explain how this information gets lost in such a short period of time? Uh,
5: so this is only
2: 20 years before Bait and Kato's. And they don't know why people have wings in Bait and Kato's.
5: Oh, they, they don't. Do it it's, not, it's not that they don't know. Well, I, I guess because only a few characters learn this, so they never bother telling anybody else. They don't really say. It's not like nobody knows. They just assume that the, you know, these wings are just a natural outgrowth because, hey, we're in the sky now. We need to fly. Which is odd because apparently only certain people can fly with their wings. Some people don't even have wings that are capable of flight. Ghibari has like fins of some sort. Sabina has a peacock tail feather set. She can't fly with those, but Callus can because he's got bird wings. Shella has insect wings of some sort.
0: Yeah, they're kind of like Luna moth wings.
5: Oh, well, no, say. they're they're, pretty, they're they're like grasshopper wings. They're like they're kind of great, like green edged, and they've got the kind of pink and gossamer. And then in this game, uh, Origins Soggy also has some kind of bird wings, and uh, his Oh, wow. I uh, How can I... For- Millie, wow, I did forget, has butterfly wings, and they they both can fly. <laughs> Imagine that.
0: Yeah, but the robot doesn't have wings, because he's well, a robot.
5: Just, yeah. <laughs> he's a magic <laughs> robot puppet thing, but...
0: <laughs> All right, let's just get on to the plot, yeah. Yeah,
5: what's the plot? Okay, so you, once again, you are the guardian spirit to... A this is some person. He's his name is Soggy.
4: He has blue hair. Uh, much
5: younger than Callus, may I add? Callus was eighteen slash nineteen in the in that game. Because funny, funny enough, Callus apparently experiences a birthday while he's being uh, possessed by Malpercio. Because in in the uh, status menu you can check the characters' ages. Callus is eighteen before he leaves your party and nineteen after you get him back.
0: I wonder how they celebrated.
2: <laughs> well, I think he'd have trouble blowing out the candles.
5: <laughs> <I guess. laughs> but anyway soggy is only 15 same thing you can look up well you can look up his and millie's ages i don't think Gilo's ages is ever mentioned and uh he's a guardian he's got a guardian spirit he's what they call a spiriter and he's a uh member of this of sort of the private art like secret army of some uh nobleman called bell height Baelheit, yeah yep and his mission is to uh assassinate the emperor and he's uh, he doesn't mind doing it because even though he takes on this job to send money back to his mother who runs an orphanage he kind of wants to do it because the, that current emperor was pretty uh, mean to his to people of his island that they, they basically forced a lot of his men into labor camps and such so he, do, so he goes off tries to assassinate with his, uh, with his partner Gilo who is this odd puppet like creature that we mentioned earlier who speaks awesome. with a man's voice and a woman's voice at the same time, so it's in awesome. generally it kind of comes up with the question, but they all call him a him anyway.
0: Well, I like to think of him as a shim. A
5: shim, sure. <laughs> so Her they try. H i r. So yeah, the two of them try to go in to assassinate the emperor, but he's already dead. And then suddenly, they're he's being framed for the you know the emperor's assassination. And then they try to escape from, their, from the, from the uh, Emperor's Palace. And as they do, they encounter a hideous monster. And then they try to attack it, but uh, Soggy can't do much in a way of damage. But then Gilo suddenly goes crazy and attacks it and takes it down. After taking it down, though, Soggy experiences a terrible headache. And he gets warped to who knows where with a bunch of people who he doesn't recognize. But they seem to recognize him, but they call him Marno for some reason. So he goes through this with the. So he goes. He kind of walks with these people for a while before finally getting back to the um, the palace and managing to escape with Gilo with uh, the help of a very young Geldoblame years before he became emperor. Very different looking too. (laughs) So he also mentions how he could have his master might be able to help him out of this jam with clearing his name. So what else happens? Like I said, the story is actually pretty darn convoluted. Uh, okay. At some point, he meets Millie, who's a sort of uh, very a har- She claims to be a harshly sheltered noble girl who kind of wants to get get out and see the world. Uh, he does eventually meet Varys who's uh, he's what was he called? He he had some. He's like an important military guy. I can't remember what it was. It was precisely what it was called. And he manages to help. He, he manages to help Soggy to clear his name if he helps him, quote unquote, save the world. Because that monster that he killed earlier with Gilo was called a. They call him an Umbra, I think. Although later you find out that they're called Malpercios afterlings, and these things are threatening the world. And he needs his help to save the world. And Soggy figured, well, I don't. I don't really know what to do, but I figured, you know, I need to get my name cleared. And hey, this. My, you know, that hey, if the world's in trouble, you know, my mother's in trouble too, because he's a bit of a, he's a, he really cares about his mother, that's for sure.
0: His mom's boy.
2: Total mama boy.
5: There. He is. <laughs> so then they try to track down these afterlings, but as always, the, you know, not so much the Empire, in this case, Bale Hyatt is one step ahead of them because he's capturing them for some unknown reason. And eventually, what, what eventually? Eventually, Soggy, it turns out, is also one of these afterling things because you do find out what the afterlings are. They are Malpersios out. They are sort of remnants of Malpersio because when Malpersio was split up into five pieces, there were leftover pieces, of course, because each of them and Magnus supposedly represented a part of his body. His head, his arms, his legs, his chest, and his, I don't know, torso. I said the torso, stomach, body, whatever. Right? Yep. These were other leftover, and these were other leftover pieces. They attach themselves to living creatures, usually humans, but one of them attaches to an animal of some sort.
6: Yeah.
5: There's, like, into-
0: there's a Genova thing going on there,
5: because <laughs> they're so evil, they still want to live or something. Yeah. And then, so Soggy's one of these True after evil never dies. And <laughs> in of Soggy himself, like you, the uh, guardian, the quote unquote guardian spirit, are not a guardian spirit, but you are a piece of Malpercio. But you, um, um, yes yeah, um, indeed but it turns out malpersia was never really an evil god that weird uh he constantly warps back to that weird place with those strange people that call him marno repeatedly throughout the story that he's basically somehow being sent back in the past a thousand years before when the world was still on the ground and there was still an ocean and before the war of the gods happened what supposedly happened there is that those fight those people that he meets uh Sure, of course, they're named after body parts. You have, uh, what are their names again? Peda, then Thorin, and uh, Marno. Yeah, Marno, obviously, because that's, and Feth. So then they're, you know, you can find, pick out the body parts there. And they are one, they became the group Malpertio because uh, their village was destroyed by this strange being called Wise Man who was sort of pre- wanted to spread around the world uh, that to turn yourself into pure Magnus, to just live only as... Uh, to, to increase the power of your heart so much that your body completely loses form. But of course, he does that, and then he consumes your Magnus and becomes more powerful. He's never really fully explained in the game, which is definitely one of the shortcomings of the story. But, you know, they want revenge, and they want to stop wise men. So they made a deal with these demon-like creatures called the Dark Brethren, and the Dark Brethren give them power to try to take down Malper- to take down Malpertia. They are Malpertia. Wow. To take down wise men. But they end up just getting into a war with a bunch of wise Man's followers. And this is the basis for the War of the Gods. They weren't, uh, like, like, you know, the gods you might imagine. They are just really powerful people. One people with the power of the heart and other people with the uh, power of the Dark Brethren. And since, the, you know, the, the world uh, is pretty threatened because they were, they guess, destroying things polluting the land what have you they were initially taken down by the uh, these bunch of powerful wizards called the children of the earth and then even wise man himself was ignored but the uh, five members of Malpertio were sealed away were killed and sealed away by a by a puppet very similar to Gielo. interestingly that's what it turns out Gielo was one of these puppets created by the children of the earth to take down these quote-unquote gods so that's where you find out uh, with the origin of Malperchu. He was at. He wasn't. He was. It did mention in the first game that he was five separate gods, but then you learned out that they he wasn't really. A, they weren't gods at all, but just five individuals given power beyond, you know, just given a lot of power and frightening a lot of people because of this war that broke out. Yeah, I know it's kind of confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so low chart that I can. No. They're probably. <laughs> yeah well okay Soggy eventually does break out of this like, he, he, from this prison he does make amends with, the, with you who are not really a guardian spirit but are actually a piece of Malpercio. You, you are Marno one of the original members of Malpersio and you sort of see eye, to, you, you see eye to eye and you help each other out and Soggy gains a new power the ability to perform this really big combo which I'll get into once we get to the battle system But and then he kind of seeks out to stop Bale Hyatt and uh, I guess, you know, save the world for good. And after a while, well, after Bale Hyatt is stopped, because Bale Hyatt's plan was to like machinize the world. He, He learned, he somehow knew what happened or what would happen if people took, like, believed in the power of their hearts too much and stopped living as physical beings but he kind of went in the opposite direction and went towards, let's just recognize everything instead of relying on the power of magic and souls and such. So, you know, just two weird, sick streams. And he's eventually stopped, but it turns out that the true master the true master behind was Varys, the guy who helped Saadi out. Yeah,
0: pulling the strings, yeah.
2: I feel like I've heard this story before.
5: (laughs) (laughs) And it turns, and then he's just essentially wants to use that to take you know use the power of the Afterling to take over the world soggy Millie and gilo stop him and it turns out he was actually being possessed by wise man this whole time even though wise man was killed in the past a long time ago i don't i still don't understand where he popped out of nowhere and but he still wants to you know try to turn the world into magnus and just make yeah, it
0: it's a weird motivation
6: yeah
5: <laughs> defeated in a battle and uh you know everything everything's well again the uh, behide stopped beris stopped wise man is stopped then song and Mili apparently elope to M- mirror or something gilo oh, kills like sacrifices himself in order to stop well he had to stop something i don't they were trying to escape from uh, a giant floating fortress in the sky called oh, i forget what it was called right now at the top of my head and he had, you know he had to put it he put his body into this machine so he could or complete some sort of circuit or something although the ending shows that they saved his head apparently <laughs> and may or may not still be alive and yeah that leads to or and that leads and also at the very end of the game that's when Geldo becomes emperor because the first emperor has still been assassinated a new emperor was never really picked because of all the goings on and by then it's pretty crazy because uh, Varys just tells him I don't need you anymore and kind of boots him out of the, uh, that floating fortress I guess that drives anybody crazy. <laughs> and also, he wants to get Geord Kallus' uh, creator slash grandfather from the first game. He wants him to start working on some sort of project, and it's implied the project that eventually leads to Kallus' creation. So, yeah, did anybody follow that? No. <laughs> nope. It's, it's,
0: well, I did, but only because I played it. Like, it's 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 interesting. <laughs>
5: It does make more sense than me trying to explain it here without following, you know, a guide or anything. Yeah. <laughs> to, I
4: imagine.
0: to your point, um, it, it is a much better story than the original Baton toast, mostly because it, it it's, it's very non-traditional in its approach, I suppose.
5: The characters are also a lot better.
0: Yeah. Fairly well-rounded.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah, this uh, this one because there's only three part members in here: Soggy, Millie, and Gilo. It tries to compensate by having them have a lot of interaction, a lot of funny banter. Um, Millie and Gilo sort of have this odd love triangle triangle going on with Soggy, and he doesn't. He just tries to get him to calm down. And it's, it's you know pretty fun to them interact. I know I kind of think Soggy himself is a bit boring, but <laughs> yeah. but cool yeah, question huh?
4: How many sort of returning characters are there?
5: You only you only need a very small number. A lot of since it's twenty years before, a lot of them haven't been born. You see, very young Savina; she's only five years old, and she's falling around. One of the recurring villains, a guy named Shanaf. Yeah, he's implied father, but it's never outright stated.
6: Yeah,
0: and Gabari is back, obviously, but he would only be about fourteen, so he's not really the same
3: character. Yeah.
5: But he's there, he's a uh, knight in training there, but uh, Father Ram, is still trying to protect the, kid, like the very young King uh, King Latakhan. And because of that, King Latakhan who's Gibari's best friend, didn't want him to be in the knights because he's afraid that the same thing would happen to Gibari. Which is kind of weird because the, the first game implies that Gibari was in the knights for some time, not a knight in training and then he, off when he was still 14. Yep. And, uh... I said you meet Gior, who's callous's grandfather, you meet uh, Dr. Larakush, who's a recurring character who also helped uh, Ladan Lati- who helped um Gior create Callus sometime between after origins and before eternal wings yeah, but... Again, you meet all blame, who else do you meet
0: that's the weird thing though about origins like I really expected it to uh, have a lot have a lot more narrative wrapped around. The build-up to the first game, you know what but, I mean? Like I, I thought, pretty much. I, 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 going in, I thought I knew pretty much how things would end, just because you play, you play the the next game already, right? But yeah. um it kind of just went its own route.
5: Yeah, just. <laughs> oh yeah, this is going to lead to Calus's creation. <laughs> yeah.
0: so it's not, it's not really. I mean, it is an origin story, but it's, it's less about. What actually happens to Calus and those characters that are central to the events of the following game, and more about what's happening to the environment,
5: about the world and its backstory. Yeah. Which yeah. I found for- it's and interesting. I, I mean, I, I re- again, I really adore this world and its lore, and I would love to see it more expanded on. But oh, another character you meet Queen Coralia, and she apparently hasn't aged a day, even despite twenty years passing. Although, supposedly it's explained because she uses the seeds of the Celestial Tree, which apparently grants you eternal youth, or at least a very long-lasting youth or something.
0: I don't remember that. <laughs> Interesting.
5: Okay, so should we get into the battle system, I guess?
1: Sure, that sounds like fun. Do we got more cards to talk about? One more. I, I, <laughs> I heard that it's a little different in Origins.
0: We have less cards to talk about. Less I, I, cards. I, yeah, what?
1: Wait, wait. That is madness because we all know more is better.
5: Well, they do take they uh they take away a lot of the sort of more interested like the sort of completely pointless Magnus, like uh, the splendid hair, and I don't remember if the Swan ever did anything. Uh, they don't have any food Magnus anymore except for what you get through the quest Magnus. Instead, you just have regular healing potions and such. There's all whole there's, yeah, there are, sorry, no more rotting food for you. So I like throwing
2: bananas, I like.
5: Throwing, yeah, no bananas, no bamboo shoots, no fishing poles. And, yeah, but
2: uh, the
0: the attacks themselves have also changed, though. I mean, okay. it's not it's not like you're using the same like it's a, like a a fire blade, a, an ice blade. You know, a standard long sword. It's not like you're stacking those sort of items so much as you have like different variants of attacks.
5: Every card represents an attack. There's a weak attack, um, like a middle attack, and then a strong attack, and you gotta play those in order. And then after you play those cards, you can play uh, what they like the special moves, sort of similar to the finishing moves from the first game, and you could play those in order of their strength. Yeah. If you play the cards in a certain order, you can pull off a combo and deal even more damage. Yeah. And then all, so pretty neat that if, you, if the next character is able to start with a level 1 card, or what they call a level 0 card, because before you start your attack, you can equip a couple of items in your deck, and those items increase your attack power or increase your defense power, depending on what you need. There's, there's no defend around in this game, by the way. There's uh, just attack, attack, and then let the enemy wail on you and heal yourself after that. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, but if at, after your character finishes their move your next character if they have a level one card can continue and do even more damage from there which is called a a relay i believe so you could have you could hypothetically have all three characters just attack right there on wailing on one enemy which is pretty fun which is pretty fun in my opinion again it's more streamlined because this battle system is a little faster because of that also you can finally discard the cards you don't need you have a bunch of healing items you don't need right now just throw them away A bunch of uh, equipment cards you don't need right now, toss them away, and then you can pick your card. You also have all the time you want to pick your first card instead of first game, where after a while, if once it's your character's turn, you must pick immediately, and that or else you lose your turn right there. Of course, after you pick your first card, you need to pick every other card after that in the order needed.
0: Yeah, yeah, Phil, when you actually finish. Playing the original game, mm-hmm. and and supposing you choose to, to to play Origins after to continue the you're, torture, you're...
1: okay, keep you going.
0: <laughs> You'll messing. find that the battle system is. I, I, I mean, it's it's interesting because it's built on the same engine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's the, the structure is essentially still there, but it, there's a lot of changes. There's, there's a lot of changes. I mean, it
1: was kind. Of, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not like the first one the first one I've I played through the first 12 hours, I wouldn't classify it as bad. It certainly does, you know, have its moment, especially when you do get like a cool combo going or something like that, or you get the right cards, versus, you know, sometimes you get the wrong cards, you feel some frustration, and that that is, that's what I like actually, because I'm used to playing card games like Magic the Gathering going through, you know, those motions, but it was, I think part of the big, there were two holdbacks for me in that first one, and, and part of it was, so far the story has been kind of cliche, which hopefully clears up, and the second yeah. one, the battle system just was like, taking like two and three minutes for a average random battle, because the the animations and stuff, especially as I got the cooler magical attacks, they were awesome, but it was like Final Fantasy 7 all over again.
2: Sorry, story
5: stays cliche.
1: Story stays cliche, dang! <laughs> but the battles get faster, so that's good. I might well, stick it, with it just for that.
5: Well, it gets a bit more... The story gets more interesting after the lava cave scene. I mean, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> Oddly enough, my sister jokingly predicted that the uh, traitor was cows but... <laughs> That was just a funny coincidence. But yeah, this uh, but yeah, back to the battle system of this game. it's uh, it bit fast. you also you don't get individual decks per character, which I sorely missed. I love to micromanage. So I kind of missed having separate decks for every character. plus it made them feel less you, it, less um, sort of less special that way because you don't have like a particular weapon for a particular character. Although Millie had some cards that were unique only to her, these special combo things that she could do deal in addition to her regular, simple attacks. But otherwise, it's just like everybody equipped with the same normal attacks, medium attacks, and hard attacks. They did have their own unique specials, but that was about it. They can equip I I think they had. I think they did have unique equip, like uh, equipment cards as well. But still, it just it doesn't feel as as special because you couldn't have every individual deck. Although you could have separate decks for different situations, like if you have a deck specifically for a certain elemental monster. Although this game has a lot less, you know, rock paper scissors elements going on. You won't get penalized for using an ice move and a fire move in the same round. And, uh, or maybe if you have, like, a boss, you have a separate deck, or if you have, like, a boss that has a bunch of smaller enemies, you'll want yet another deck to take them all out and such, so that's pretty neat.
1: Hmm, interesting.
5: So, yeah, but, yeah, there's, uh, no, but, yeah, there's no fun, there's no more fun Magnus there, no more things rotting, no more things changing. The Quest Magnus, though, do undergo the same thing like in, in the first games. The que- any food you get from the Quest Magnus will still rot. Also, yeah. they introduce what's called the magna Mixer that enables you to combine different Quest Magnuses to create a unique Quest Magnus you cannot get any other way. Like, yeah, you could, I,
0: feel, I feel like Quest Magnuses are, are played up a lot more in this game.
5: Yeah, they are. Very much so. Yeah. For instance, you could put like a bunch of these smaller gems and make this really valuable fire gem that you need to complete a quest. And this game also keeps track of all the cards you need. I, um, I I, was trying to get like a full get all the cards, but I missed a, some point where like an odd side quest where you can like mind meld the gray thorns or you can like uh, listen to other people because apparently everybody in this world likes to confide in their pet gray thorns. And then if you do that, you can get a special item. But I completely missed out on that quest and so I missed a bunch of items because uh, Gelda Blame was no longer where he used to be. So. Goodbye, getting a complete finished uh, you know menu or such. Hmm. The <sighs> Graphics are largely pretty much like, the graphics are pretty much identical. Although, yeah, I don't care to think of anything. I, there's no there's no Mira anymore in this game, so you don't get crazy locales like the village made entirely of gingerbread houses and candy. You don't get. <laughs> you do that was par I think it was parnase was the name of that one that's where you meet melodia for the first time yeah yeah don't, it sounds
6: like...
5: yeah you also don't get the crazy pop up book village which was pretty cool that or,
0: was be awesome yeah
5: what again i can't remember the name of that one or you get or some kind of gardens where it's this really topsy turvy garden where there're like uh, doors where there shouldn't be and also if you go through go through certain doors you get like a sort of odd uh, version of tower of the old arcadian tower of Juraga, which was pretty even though I never played that game before even yeah. encountered slimes which are the only way to find a slimes enemy there oddly enough it's like it's... when you get uh... oh I never mentioned the photographs in the first game at all
0: oh yeah yeah, taking pictures yeah
5: That's the main monsters... way to
6: get
5: money drop money in the, in the first game you know because illogically monsters in most uh, at least Japanese RPGs drop money for some inexplicable reason here they realize wait why are monsters carrying around money so instead, you must take their picture, and for but I, for some reason, people in this world want to buy monster pictures. So you sell them at the store, and you get lots of money that way. Yeah, Even- but like
0: all other magnuses, those pictures age, and the exposure starts yeah. to fulfill itself.
5: Not, no, not really. The you can take a bad picture, like if there's like if you use dark and light spells, it will affect the quality of the picture. And plus, if you're using like a weaker camera, it'll take a worse picture because you get better cameras as the game progresses. Although usually the money was good enough that I just I used, used the weaker cameras anyway. At some points, everybody in my party had a camera just so I could snap a couple of pictures to keep making money, just regardless of the quality.
4: Yeah.
5: yeah the,
4: I didn't the like photos like of uh, player characters, though. Like.
5: Well, yeah, and <laughs> the car. If
4: you, took, if you took a picture of Calus, it was worthless.
5: <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, which, once in a while you could get a rare shot of them, which is pretty oh, really yeah, cool. True. Once in a while you get like Callus with a smile, Shella looking at uh, the Gray Thorn, Mimai in her hood, or Savina with a rare smile. Or you can even get there's like one time where Mizuti takes off her mask, and you if you take that picture it's worth a lot of money. But okay, but it but again so. the I don't know. What was I <laughs> um, so yeah in, the, in Origins you don't have to do that Monsters drop money just like in any other game I guess they got poor by the time or uh, Eternal Wings rolls around
4: yeah, but, you stole, you stole all their money In this, in this game
5: yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah I was talking about Mira But yeah Mira's Okay Mira's not in Origins So you, you kind of lose that extra color That extra craziness with getting the pop-up book village And the candy village
0: I like the character designs more, though.
5: I think I'd like them about equal myself, but I guess it's just me. Mm. The, and, audio,
0: uh, the, the audio is a lot better. I don't know if the soundtrack's necessarily better, but the the, the spoken words are, are certainly but, better.
5: These aren't like you know, uh, Amer- like aren't like foreigners and Japanese people who can speak a lit like can speak good amount of English. Speaking in English, these are actually North American voice actors. Yeah. Some Of them are even have some fairly well known ones like the ever popular Crispin Freeman, Johnny Young Bosch is in there, Maura uh, Gale, is in there, Crawford Wilson's in there. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, got
0: a couple hey, of- the voice of Kratos, Terrence C. Carson. <laughs> 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 yeah, amazing. no, no, great, great cast for in terms of voice actors. Oh, yeah. Okay
5: much better some of the really good voice acting here because of you know these are actual professional actors uh just let's see oh the music itself for some reason I kind of I don't like it as much as the first game I it I guess quality wise it's a it's about it's very similar and there's a lot of uh, good tracks but for some reason I'm I just I find the first one more memorable it might be because I I had that soundtrack a lot longer than I had the origin soundtrack so that might is be it
3: Sakuraba of- again
5: oh it's it's still some of his best work In any in any game But just for some reason it's not Quite I don't know there, there are some Really good ones I still can't decide if I Like um, the first game's Main theme which was Oh something Of the star oh, it, like they have these Two special themes that recurring Main themes that are really good And I still can't decide which one I like more Because Origins had Le Ali de Principio which is like a Vocal song entirely in Italian sung by Motoi Sakuraba's then nine-year-old daughter, interestingly enough. (laughs) It's a really nice song, but the first theme had a purely instrumental... uh, It had had a really convoluted name. Where in the... uh, To the End of the Journey of Shining Stars. There we go. What was that?
1: What was what?
5: I'm sorry, there was something odd going on. I was kind of afraid the microphone might have picked it up. Sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to insert some really cool sound clip there. <laughs> I can be real creative.
4: Looking forward uh, to that.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, All right. Don't really know what else to say.
3: I know what to say. Why didn't you buy this game, people? And, <laughs> I'm, par- I'm, I'm partially to blame because i bought it new for five dollars sure. so i apologize i apologize for being i actually
0: i i paid for my copy to be shipped from uh, the united states version of gamestop for forty dollars actually because we couldn't
5: get it up here in canada
2: yeah i think that might have been my problem it may not actually have been in canada
5: well, my problem is that I, I kind of ignored the first game for so long that I had to play that before I played Origins. I mean, if I had known I would have liked it this much, I would have gotten a day one. But that's why we haven't seen a sequel, and we may never at this rate.
1: Well, so. and with, uh, you know, with, uh, with retro games just really you know, coming into the spotlight more and more... Um, if you're wanting to go grab this, you, you want to do it sooner rather than later. The prices are only going to go up on these things. Um, I've just uh, – and I've said this before in recent backtracks. Um, I've been keeping an eye on the used game market, uh, and the vintage game market especially, and um, there's just more and more pressure and, and prices are just kind of going up. So uh, you can get uh, Bighton uh, Kaitos, the, the first one, Eternal Wings in the Lost Ocean. Uh, you can get it brand new in the shrink wrap for forty bucks uh, plus shipping. You can get it uh, in rather used condition for about fifteen to twenty, and and that that uh, that has gone up from when I bought mine about yeah. four or five years ago.
4: Yeah, that's a lot cheaper than it is here, I think. Yeah, I mean it's Just yeah, <laughs> it's still a decent about, price. Yeah, yeah Look at it quickly, you can probably find it new for about sixty sixty quid.
1: Wow. Mm. uh oh. let's see <laughs> wow. for for your uh for your second one there uh uh Kaido's origins uh you can get a there's one person selling uh yeah, a factory sealed copy he claims uh but he's got zero feedback so I don't know if that's true or not for about thirty bucks uh we got some used copies going for about twenty plus shipping maybe twenty five so I see a couple of buy it nows uh for <laughs> i see one for seventy bucks that's hilarious that's not going to happen. Uh, but then again, maybe it will I mean I don't know I see another buy it now for uh that one's for thirty seven so that's a better buy it now, but if if you don't want to get from the guy with the zero feedback, so probably new it's still also around forty bucks uh so yeah uh let's see so 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 you guys think uh that given that these games are roughly twenty dollars or so used forty dollars thirty to forty dollars new, do you think they're worth getting
5: absolutely. Yes. 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 All is yes.
3: 30 hours piece. Yeah, that's what Get over your issues with get card battle systems and try them.
5: Yeah, because these are really fun that card systems. Really engrossing.
0: Yeah, and again, and even if you're not a huge fan of card battle systems in general, and even if the game doesn't change that for you, there's still a lot of elements to appreciate.
5: Yep. Great music, unique world... Huh. Uh,
6: uh, 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 oh, uh, uh, and I
5: kind of feel like uh, let me ju- before we kind of move on to the next one. I mean, ju- think this sort of needs to be said for anything related to Botan Kaitos. A bit of a uh, poem from the first game that a lot of fans might recognize. <clears throat> Cast light upon the darkened earth, save those lost in despair. O mighty ocean, guide us as we journey through the darkest pit of night. May time, ever fleeting, forgive us. We who have forsaken our song and buried our future.
1: Hmm. Mm-mm. Cool. So go out and rush out and buy your copy of Baiting Kaidos, Bain Kaidos, however you want to pronounce it. Just buy it. We're going to take a small break and uh, try to clear up some of the static that I'm starting to get here. And we'll be right back after these commercial messages. We have returned, and we're ready for the final lap where we just chit-chat about retro gaming news and what we're doing and what we're going to do on the next backtrack. Let's see here. What are we doing on the next? I don't even remember what we're doing on the next track. We are doing... Oh, crap. That was the wrong link to click on. We are doing go to (laughs) where We're going to be talking about a lot of Dragon Ball Z games. So I probably totally mispronounced that because I've never played any Dragon Ball Z, never had any interest in it. I, I, I don't know why I like the artwork in Dragon uh the dragon quest series but i totally hate dragon ball z's artwork it's the same artist i from what i've been told
6: Uh, i don't know
1: because i think those guys look ugly as beep you know i just uh yeah uh oh my gosh I'm blasting i will have to talk about hyper dimension neptuna just so i can trash it uh tactic ogres i can play that i can talk about that um Oh, let me see. what Always uh, knights of the nightmare and nightmare, golden sunroom, factory. Huh. Anyway, um, so that's coming up on the next show. Uh, the last show, we didn't get uh, too many comments about our show regarding um, Shadowheart series. Um, XR2 did right. I played and enjoyed the first game back when it was relatively new. I tried playing Covenant a few years ago, but the desk was too scratchy. I had to stop 10 hours in. I've since gotten another copy, but I'm waiting until July with the year PS2 greats. You know, I, I had a problem in the first disc, no, the second disc at the beginning, maybe the first disc towards the end, but definitely the second disc in the beginning, uh, on the submarine where you're literally 45 minutes between these two save points. Especially, Well, it's probably 45 minutes because I was still trying to figure out the puzzle because it kind of slows down your progress and with the random battles every five steps um well i had a problem because the thing would freeze up when i was 40 minutes in and it did it not once not twice but three times i had to stay stubbornly with it until i finally got to the next save point point. and once i got through uh it was a good two or three sections and i looked at the disc it's got some light scratches but none more than what i normally see on used playstation 2 games um but i, I don't know if it just hit a key sector or what it was just really kind of frustrating um
2: it could just be it sliced into part of the copyright protection.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm playing it on a BC PlayStation 3, so there could also be, uh, you know, some emulation, you know, issue or something. Um, who knows? But uh, once I got through that problem area, it's been running pretty much smooth as so, silk. Like, I do make it a point to save every single opportunity I can, just to be on the safe side. Um, but any, it's been, it's been pretty good so far. I'm, I'm closing in on what I hope is the end of the game. It's really, Covenant's really kind of, I mean, they're all weird games, but Shadow Hearts is a weird series altogether. I mean, they're all out in left field, but Shadow Hearts, it comes on two discs, but never before have I felt that the two, two separate discs are like almost two separate um, two separate, uh, stories in the same game. Like, almost feels like the, the difference between Ark the Lad, you know, one and two. The rules are pretty much the same, but the story's, like, on the other side of the world, and it's completely different. You even started off with completely different, you know, character at first. And it's like, hmm. Um, and now I'm going after a totally, you know, bad guy, and yeah, it, it's out there in left field. But that's what makes Shadow Hearts kind of cute. So I'm going to tear, tear through the rest of that as fast as I can, then I'm going to move on to, um, dawn of the new world or whatever it's called so yay Uh, but anywho let's uh let's do some uh let's do some final wrap-up this is where each of you gets to talk about what you're working on the site what you're playing lately any retro things that are going on that are tickling your nose or if you're talking about you know if you're doing something new we will hear about that too especially if it's a remake or something um let's start with anna marie neufeld
2: um, I've actually been playing a retro game for the last little bit because I've been playing Final Fantasy IX. Ooh, so, hey. yeah. It's, I, I played it when it first came out and absolutely adored it. And right now I'm on... I'm playing it on my PSP Go. Or Chris's PSP Go, I should say. That I, played, I stole when I came back to Canada. And uh, I'm on disc 3. And I'm just... I'm really enjoying it. I'm loving learning stuff off of equipment. It's a really fun system. Um, I've been ignoring Chocobo Hot and Cold because I get completely addicted to it, and then I don't play the game. So uh, I'm I'm going to get into Chocobo Hot and Cold soon.
4: How are you finding yeah, it on it PSP?
2: Um, good. I really like it actually because yeah, well, I, I, mean, I loved it. the goal fits my hands really nicely because I got little hands.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, like I I just think that that's a perfect system for sort of these older games that don't look as nice on like the big huge tv screen it just it looks nice on the small screen it looks very tight
4: yeah because i remember me really sort of loved it when i sort of played it on my psp and thinking it was a sort of great fit
2: on yeah that. yeah exactly and so you know i uh as we get towards the new PlayStation system that isn't going to have backwards compatibility, I appreciate, you know, the fact that I can play at least PlayStation one games on the go. And I suspect that I'm going to download uh, a fair few in the next uh, over the course of this year. Anyways.
5: Next.
1: Okay. Let's move on to Ms. Ramos. Uh, For the site, I've
5: been, uh, there's a couple, i uh wrote written a couple of things for some recent features uh a while back the you know t- the uh game of the you know game of the year stuff, the final Fantasy feature we had a few months back. there's another feature that may be uh delayed for some time, but uh I hope maybe you guys won't like that when it eventually comes out otherwise I haven't been really doing much uh for gaming, definitely not much in the way of retro um fire emblem awakening's awesome yes. <laughs> I don't know what I can say. It's really awesome. It's, it's crack. Very much.
3: Yes. I it now.
2: Oh, don't worry, Alex. I, uh, I'm i waiting on it, too. Um, yeah. Chris and I, what happened to that game <laughs> anyway? Well, in our situation, it was kind of awkward because Chris and I both thought the other person was buying it, so neither of us pre-ordered it.
5: Oh, <laughs> uh, so. <laughs>
2: and so by the time Oops. we realized that it, was supposed to, that it was out and we should go pick it up, nobody had it anymore. And oh. we can buy it on the eShop, oh. but the problem is, is we both want to play it. And unlike Sony, where we can, um, you know, just get it on our account and split it between the PSP or the Vita or whatever else we need to, um, Nintendo, you're locked to the console. And I have a regular 3DS and he has an XL. And mm-hmm. I don't like the XL, and he doesn't like the regular. Okay. So it was kind of physical copy or bust. So he eventually found a Best Buy that has it, and he picked it up today, but I'm not going to see it for another couple of weeks till like I go back down to the US.
5: Because, uh, yeah, that the shipping on that one got messed up something strange. Well, I still don't know here, the full story behind
2: that. It, it, it was a double whammy because um, GameStop actually started selling the game early. Yeah, I, re- I recall that. And so people that would have bought a digital copy ended up running out and getting a physical copy instead. Yeah, which, was, which caused a strain on the number of physical copies that they needed. Uh, in addition to that, um, Nintendo drastically underestimated the interest in the game and just Man, yeah. it. They, they I'm considering it.
5: the promoting they've been doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of one of those weird things that it's like they promoted it really hard, but I don't think they expected it to be as popular as it ended up being. So yeah, you ended up having coming at it from both sides, where people that normally wouldn't have bought a physical copy did, and there weren't that uh, then there weren't enough to begin with.
5: And so, yeah. yeah, I I kind of lucked out because it took me uh it took me a couple like about a week after the game came out, but I know some people who are still waiting on copies even though they pre ordered. My GameStop, the GameStop I pre ordered that just, you know, got a couple of copies just for pre orders and, you know, I lucked out and managed to get that one.
2: Yeah, um, and the problem is is that GameStop was selling the game even after they ran out of inventory. So for example, I actually ordered off of the E B Games website and at that point it said it was good stock because I had checked the E B Games website and there's like eight stores that are basically within an hour of me. Uh, public transportation laws, and I call. I started calling them one by one, and all of them told me, despite the fact that the website said they all had a good quality of stock. I would call them, and they're like, "Yeah, we got eight copies and nine pre-orders." Hmm. And that was the story at every single
0: order things,
2: <laughs> right? I mean, this is wow. this is you know, this was the story at every EB Games that I was calling, and this is the Greater Vancouver area. It isn't like I live in a small town.
0: Yeah, we like it, and from from someone who lives in a small town on the other side of Canada, <laughs> I can tell you that our our entire region, in our CM region, has about one hundred thirty thousand people. We would have gotten about twenty five copies, and they sold that within about an hour. And I haven't seen one since. So thank God for the e shop. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Indeed. Uh, I mean, I live close to New York, I live pretty close to New York City, and apparently this entire area didn't get much in the way of stock.
2: But you guys got thump back, you
5: jerks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this was, I'm sorry, what game was that again?
5: Fire Emblem Awakening. That's
1: what I thought you said. I got a Fire Emblem story too. I have, I don't know, well, it might have changed over the last few days or whatever, but I have like the only copy in all of Utah. (laughs) <laughs> because i went Talk to, to you. yeah we, we we i went to like i called up several GameStop stopped a store too couldn't find it and then i um uh i was planning on meeting my wife for for lunch and she works down in uh i forget what it's called but it's about 10 miles south of salt lake there is a target out there so i looked online and it said quote unquote limited availability yeah so i figured why not it's right there let me go in and check um uh so so we went in we checked it we went in we checked it and we looked all around couldn't find it we was about to give up and go out when on the front of the display so we're looking at the big huge you know displays of of 3DS games they had on the sh- shelf But in the front, they had just a few as like the display games of the day or whatever, like the big games they're trying to sell. And there was Fire Emblem. I'm like, oh, there it is. And I went to the guy and said, can I have this? And and he said, you know, a guy just returned it. It's the only copy I have. Oh, bad guy. Had he simply put it on uh, KSL, which is our version of eBay for Utah, he probably would have made twice that amount. But (laughs) I didn't want it to sell it, of course. I wanted it for my collection. So... (laughs) yeah so that was really cool um so yeah I don't anyways know
2: why he would have returned it I yeah,
1: why, have
5: why on earth I have no idea we're not perfect. an RPG fan? not, not an R- SRPG fan no. maybe yeah
1: I said fire him. I thought I was gonna get like a flamethrower in this game
3: I lucked out in finding a copy at a Best Buy just before we got hit by a blizzard Wow because uh I guess the GameStop I'd reserved it at I guess was going to have it until the day of the blizzard so uh thankfully I found it early because I played it for like uh, that whole weekend yeah you guys got it yeah. bad down there my my sister lives down where uh, Michael
0: actually lives and and I the amount of snow you guys got was just insane
3: yeah, um, the amount of shoveling I had to do was insane. I'll just say that.
5: Yeah, we only got a little under a foot here.
3: <laughs> Damn
5: it! It's not fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, Michael, you, you guys got like four feet, didn't you? Uh, it felt
3: like that. Uh,
4: that always amuses me when we struggle with the minuscule amount of snow we get in comparison. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I apologize, we were suffering some technical uh, issues there, but uh, we've got it back on here, and I believe it was Mr. Uh, Mister Wheel's turn.
3: Yes, uh, I was saying that I've been playing a ton of Fire Emblem, like everyone else who could find a copy. And <laughs> <I've> also...
1: <laughs> were, you one of, were you one of those people that download? Because I had friends that just break down download it.
3: No. I, I think No, I mean... F- I plan on getting a, a 3DS or a 3DS XL at some point and having both of them, so I didn't want to deal with that, so I'm trying to stick to all cartridge games. There's a
2: pretty good promotion going on right now. You get a free game.
3: I've, I've seen that. I'm going to have to take advantage of that. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing lots of Fire Emblem. I've also been trying to... Uh, slowly finish a wizardry clone for the PSP to eventually review it called Elmenage, which is just uh, very long and tedious at times. Uh, but eventually I am going to finish it. I can guarantee you that. Uh, and it's uh, pretty much nothing else going on with the site other than the usual Q&A. Um, but I've also been playing lots of Sony platformers lately, and I finally broke down and followed Phil's advice and tried Ratchet and Clank, and uh, really enjoyed it.
1: happy Ratchet and Clank! They're so funny.
3: Don't play all for
0: one. <laughs>
1: yeah, don't, don't. Yeah, don't. Oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> Uh, I I down, I think that was like free on my PlayStation Plus thing, and I think I regret even spending the time to download it. It
6: just <laughs>
1: yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's it's okay, but I mean, compared to the awesomeness that is a normal Ratchet and Clank game, it just looks piss poor. That's the problem. If it was any other game that just came out of the blue, it'd be all right. But yeah. Anyways, I digress. You, sure, it's your turn. You keep going. You keep talking.
3: I've also been playing some Jack and Daxter, Sly. Finished the original Sly Cooper. and playing yeah, the new are Sly Cooper. Into the
0: platforming circuit. Look at you.
3: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know why I somehow managed to skip all these games back in the PlayStation Two days, especially since most of them were available for pretty cheap eventually. But oh well, you know they're all available in nice collections on the PS3 now, so it all works out in the end. Uh, but that's pretty much what I've been up to. You know, uh, lots of Fire Emblem. It's been taking up most of my RPG time outside of El Menage. Uh And, of course, once Etrian Odyssey 4 comes out, uh, my other portable systems may be gathering dust for a while.
2: Huh. Did you get the RPGamer QR code? I did. Yay! They've put out a bunch of them at this point. I'm just yeah. sad that the Japanese ones aren't compatible with our game. Oh, because there's some really broken ones out there for the Japanese version. I'm sure.
3: Hoping
2: hmm. that they'll they'll bring some of those items into new QR codes. So.
1: Keel. Okay. So, what about Mr. Trent?
0: Um, Well, with regards to the site, um, I'm currently working on an editorial right now, which should hopefully be up by the time people start to hear this podcast. Uh, Also, it, it Well, technically speaking, where I am, we're we're already into February the 20th, which means uh, the big PlayStation conference, which is pretty much going to be the centerpiece of this week's uh, Currents article. So I'm excited to see what is announced. I I know everyone at this point in the game is speculating a PS4. which It's
2: the (laughs) (laughs) go-to.
0: It is the go-to.
2: And the go-to is your go-to handheld.
6: (laughs) (laughs)
0: but um i I, i'm not gonna lie part of me really hopes that they don't like it'd be so much more newsworthy if there was just a a lot of sony fanboys being really pissed off that nothing good was announced i'm really i'm really hoping that they just make even the non-playstation plus subscriptions uh paid like, their big announcement is that you have to start paying for what was traditionally free, <laughs> and we are not announcing a new system.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to have to eat some crow after this announcement, because, uh, like a month ago on the RPG cast, um, this event um, started to be rumored before they announced it. And I was like, you guys are stupid, there's no way they're doing this, they're not dumb enough to announce a console before E3, we're never going to hear about it before then.
4: Yeah, about that. Well, yeah. I think I might have agreed with you. I'm not sure.
0: I mean, I mean. I think
5: you may have.
0: From what I understand, the last time they had this event or or event comparable to this event, they they announced the uh, Next Generation Portable. And the the one before that would have been the initial announcement, uh, Boomerang Controller included, of the PlayStation 3. So uh, all signs are indeed pointing towards the PlayStation 4. And, uh, of course, now people are speculating as to what would be announced. Uh, They've been following the creative director from uh, Quantic Dream who is apparently in New York City, coinciding this event. So people are saying there's going to be a a a new game from them that's going to be a launch title for the PlayStation 4. Uh, there's even some Final Fantasy fans speculating that Versus will finally be announced. Well, have, have a, <laughs> oh, let, let me explain this. Let me explain this. Um, earlier today, well, I should say earlier yesterday, um, the creative director behind Versus 13 uh, tweeted a picture of Noctis Eau de Toilette. I can't even make this up. They made a perfume for the protagonist of a Final Fantasy game that hasn't even been announced yet. <laughs> so what people are now speculating is that today they will announce that Versus happens to be a launch title for the PlayStation 4. So we'll see what happens. I regardless of whether anything good or or inane happens today, it should be a good day for news, which means an easier week for me in terms of writing. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much it on my end. I, I the only game I'm currently trying to really play is Dragon Quest 9 for the 3D uh, for the DS, I should say. Um, I'm, I'm also playing a variety of Wii games, but I'm, I'm probably placing too much focus on them because I'm not really progressing in any of the games I'm playing.
4: Hmm. Okay.
1: how about Mr. Alex?
4: Well, I think for the site, I've been sort of, I've done a sort of couple of previews in the last month. I think one for Fire Emblem, and the other for and Odyssey. I think because we're sort of trying to. Force as much coverage for Europe as possible by doing sort of the Nintendo Direct Roundup. Yeah,
2: I really liked that Nintendo Direct European Roundup because unless I want to fake an IP, I can't see it.
4: Yeah, so I mean, that was very cool. It's cool, there's lots of neat stuff which I wasn't expecting, especially the two Atlas games, which was awesome. So they pretty much don't exist here. It was uh, a surprise! So, Aside uh, so from that, I'm actually currently playing a game for review, which is Generations of Chaos Pandora's Reflection.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> mm.
4: it's, it's, it's it's, a bit like Agrius 2, it's actually not terrible.
2: Oh, really? Wow. The last yeah, Generation of Chaos game that I played, I don't think I finished.
4: Yeah. I mean, again, like Agrius 2, it's not actually great, but I can play it without wanting to. Stab inflict- your own eyeballs? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think on the retro side, I've actually been playing Fire Emblem GBA as preparation for Awakening coming out here, which isn't till April. But looking forward to that.
2: But hey, you're getting it.
4: Yeah, I'm tempted to get the fancy DSXL we get.
3: <laughs> Do it. It's... Okay. Uh,
1: hmm. Well. I got the cool new 3DS Doohickey Fire Emblem, and as some of my friends told me, it's worth it just for the intro. Oh my gosh, that's a great intro. I think I like, played like the first two maps and then I stopped. Because it's so good! I'm afraid that if I get to play it more and get to know it more and get to fall in love with it more, it's going to absolutely spoil me for all the other Fire Emblems. And I'm not talking about spoiling the story because we all know Fire Emblems don't really continue and have a deep you know, story that you walk away you know, with tears in your eyes all choked up that you remember for the rest of your life like Final Fantasy VI. No, no. I simply mean spoil it because it's just so darn good that even though the other Fire Emblem games before it are good, it's going to make them look so meh by comparison. So I went because – and I've never actually beaten any other Fire Emblems. I played – I usually pop like 10 hours into these guys, and, and for whatever reason, I get distracted and quit. But I went back, and I, I'm playing the good old-fashioned Game Boy Fire Emblem. I've already stuck like 10 hours into it, and boy, it's good. And that's the original one. So – but I knew if I jumped in at 3DS and then went back to I, – I can't do that. No. No, there'd be too many cool mechanics and stuff, and I'd be like, why can't I marry off my characters and things like that? So <laughs> – yeah, so I'm kind of like totally gone into a retcon mode with Fire Emblem, and it's become my de facto portable game of choice. Playing it on my um, DS Lite, um, yeah, love my DS Lite.
2: Have you married everybody off wheels?
3: Uh, no. Actually, only my created character and uh, the main character. Actually, no you? one, no one else. Actually, what about? Me. I, I mean, I've been trying, but... It, oh, i sorry.
5: I married off all the girls. Uh, I, I, I finished my first playthrough. I'm going to get to a second one later, but I want to get back to what I was doing in Pokemon previously before it came out. Gotcha. But, yeah, I married off all of them, including my my Avatar character, to Crom directly, just because it adds a little bit extra to the story. It's actually pretty neat what it does there. Mm. Oh, you obviously have to be female, but...
1: Okay, and let's see here. What else have I been doing? Um, Oh, yeah, and of course I mentioned, I already mentioned I'm playing a lot of Covenant and trying to get through that on my PS3. So I've been trying to keep up with my my retro gaming. Uh, Speaking of retro gaming, uh, some really big retro gaming news. Not technically an rpg though f- people feel like uh you know these games kind of have some rpg elements to them um the predecessor to bioshock system shock 2 is finally love- available on gog.com for
0: i love it yay yeah
1: i mean holy freaking fiolas freaking- it is the most requested game um on uh, on gog's uh, wish list so absolutely go and pick that up um Definitely uh you know, definitely a really great game and predecessor to uh the very beautiful, very popular, very awesome um Bioshock. So uh, really enjoyed all of those games. They're really great. Mm-hmm. Not RPGs, but they kinda got some leveling experience. Well, mechanics, it, I,
0: I would argue that they're You got some choices. Kill yeah. little sister, the little sister,
1: keep the little sister. We did
2: cover Bioshock did at we? one point. I'm not sure if we do anymore. Hmm. I,
0: I I love Bioshock. I really, really love Bioshock, but it doesn't it doesn't really hold the same kind of candle to, to System Shock 2. Hmm. It's yeah. just like it's just like I love I like human revolution. But it's no Deus Ex, you know what I mean? Like
6: Mhm.
1: And and you know, um, they've got they've uh they've actually got it listed with an RPG with the role playing tag, uh, N G O G dot com. So that makes it official if it's got the tag. You know <laughs> they give but like there's... each game like two or yeah. three categories, you know, so they'll they'll pull up under different searches. And uh yeah, they gave uh, they call it uh Uh, RPG, FPP, sci-fi, first person perspective, RPG with sci-fi elements. So, I, I I don't know, we won't get into that argument here, but, uh, regardless, really, really great game. They also got Avedon, The Black Fortress, uh, there's a number of ways to get that game, including your iPad, uh, that recently came, uh, I believe on GOG not too long ago. And, um, and I don't know if I mentioned this, uh, before or not, but Neverwinter Nights 2 Complete, is is also available on GOG. So, uh, that's a real... In fact, I did mention that before. What am I saying? I do remember mentioning that before. So, that was awesome. <sighs> All righty. Cool, cool beans. Mmm. Uh, and I don't think I can think of anything else at the moment. <gasps> oh, new laser Suit Larry. That's not really a role-playing game. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> But it does have women about to fall out of their dresses in it. Um, <laughs> that's close. That's close. My my mom loves the Leisure Suit Larry game, so she's always telling me to keep an eye out for a remake. Uh, they did release uh, the GOG version of the originals, but uh, even my mom is too spoiled to go back to 1989, 1993 graphics. <laughs> so that's pretty bad when your mom is spoiled. Um, all right. Cool Beans. Uh, Any final thoughts, questions, or anything else? Nope. Then we're going to wrap this up. RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for news, RPG news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Uh, Check us out at RPGamer.com. You can uh, email me at jcservantrpgamer.com. Follow us at twitter.com slash RPGamer and facebook.com dot slash RP Gamer. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our system awesome sister show, RPGcast cast, all at rpgamer.com on behalf of Mike, uh and uh, and all six or seven or 18 people that are on the show today. I thank all of you guys for coming in tonight too. I know it was late. Um, I thank all of you. I thank all of you for listening and you're the reason we do this. So make sure you write us on iTunes and let us know that you enjoy this. And this is where Mike Miki would send us off with something witty and awesome and all. I'm just going to wrap it up by saying, believe, believe in the heart of the cards. You can't go wrong. (laughs) They'll never let you down.
5: Or at least in the guardian spirit. (laughs)
1: I need a, I need a mystic puzzle now hanging off my neck like some big bling bling that'd be awesome. All right, In America. All right, have a good night. <laughs>